Hi everyone, welcome to How Can I Heal podcast with Krina Okumus. This is an interview series with people that I admire and really made a change in my life. We are exploring questions about life, dreams, how can I be more happy and healthy and learn how can we deal with pressure or challenges in the private or professional life. I really hope you take a nuggets of wisdom or two and you are improving your own life for the better. I'm super happy to let you know that on today's podcast, I'm speaking with Dr. Alganesh Fesaha. Alganesh, or Alga as the friends are calling her, is the founder and president of Associazione Gandhi, a non-profit organization that supports disadvantaged and abused refugees in general children and women refugees in particular in various Western and Eastern African countries and in Europe. Alga has been a leading activist in the fight against the human trafficking, kidnapping, torture and rape of African refugees in the Sinai Peninsula. If you meet her once, is that type of person that can completely change your entire life. Olga, she was involved in many difficult difficult and dangerous situations when she was risking her life. But this was never a problem for her because she wanted to fulfill her duty and saving the lives of innocent people. In October 2013, during the La Pendusa tragedy, which saw 300 people perish in the Mediterranean Sea, She was the main point of references for the family of the ones who lost their life and the Italian authorities in identifying and recording the bodies and for the survivors. Her work in helping refugees, women, children and elderly in Africa has been widely commented by both governmental and non-governmental entities and has earned her several recognition and awards. In 2015, the President of the Italian Republic, Mattarella, awarded her highest national award, the Order of Merit of Italian Republic. She as well was awarded of the Peace Medal from the Lombardia region, and the list is very long. One of uh, my main um, idea of inviting Alga um, to this discussion is, first of all, most of us, we are living in a bubble. A bubble that we think is the reality. I invite you to be out, to go out of this bubble during this conversation and to really understand the life of some other people and what is costing actually the life of some of these people, that they are maybe neighbors of us. At the end of the conversation, I have a heart-to-heart request because only we together can really make a change. Before we are going to that discussions about why you are a hero and why you are saving so many lives, I would like to start with with a moment when your life completely changed from a businesswoman to what you are doing now. Can we go back there? Yes, we can go. First of all, I would like to say salam. Salam in my language, it means... Uh, I bow to all of you with all my heart. You are the most welcome in my heart. Thank you. Salam to everyone. My name is Alganesh Fesaha. 
for the friend, brothers and sister, I'm Alga. Everybody calls me Alga. I came here when I was 18 and a half in Italy. I live in Milan. I'm Eritrean. And uh, when I came here, I was very young. I came here to study. Then I start my study. I finish my study at the university. And then I start working with a big company, international company, which was a competitor of IBM that time. And then I used to travel a lot for this company. Once I was sent to work in Sudan to make a market research. And I went there. It was very hot. And then in the night at 6.30, one day I said, I go out from the hotel and I take a walk. And I was walking and I saw five kids sitting there uh, almost without clothes and very, very skinny. And I just approached them and I say, can I help you? And this children was one, the elder one was 13. That was seven, six or five, just like that. And then the elder one, he looked at me and he said, no, we don't need help. So I was shocked. I said, but you don't have anything. Shall I buy something to eat for you? They say, no, we don't want. So then I have to go back after insisting so much. When I reached the hotel, there was all the night in my mind. Then I went back, I went again the day after and I find them again there. Then I asked the same question, can I help you? And the elder one, he stood up and he put the two arms um, on his, on his like that. And he said, we said, no, we don't want. Look, he said, I will help them. I will beg in the street to make them study, to live the, the proper life, decent life. And then I will do everything for them. I was, I was uh, shocked and I said, how can you do like that, you know? How can you send them to school just begging in the street? I, will, I can manage. Then I asked him the last question, are you brothers? He said, no, we are not brothers. We met just here. Then I was becoming really like, uh, what's going on? And then uh, I said, you are not brother? No. So please, let me help you. No, we don't want. I said, I don't want. And, and then at the third day, I went there again. I asked, please, just for my pleasure. So they came and they ate something. And then the story was that we, I, I found some priests in Kasala. Then I asked them to help them. I will send them the money and all this thing. They built us hat for them and then they give them food but they used to make work the elder one and the elder one he used to say no they have to go to study I will work and whatever you give me it will be for them so 
to make it short, I came back and I was completely upside down. I, I said, how this 13 years old boy, he offered himself to others and having nothing in his hand and me that I have. And thank God that what I have, I have a house, I have food to eat, I have clothes to wear and all this thing. How? And this, it, uh, it touched not my heart, but deep, deep, deep into my heart. Mm. And then I said, this is the life that I would like to live for others that I start. Then uh, I was uh, a businesswoman, uh, well, uh, well qualified and all this thing. And at the end I said, I used to travel a lot around the world for my work and nobody touched me as did these five children. So from that I changed my life. I choose to do something different than Monday thing, going to work, getting money, salary. You know. Of course, money is useful to, to live and uh, or to help the others. So it was, I was looking myself very detached from what I was before. So I said, okay, take it easy, this changement that is happening. So immediately I start searching where there was a problem of the people. So I went to the refugee camp in Ethiopia, the first refugee camp. I stayed with, with them and I helped um, many children and then uh, I bought a grand meal and 27 cow for the milk for the children. There was a malnutrition. So uh, then women's uh, with HIV problem and also women's destitute women who has been uh, somehow raped in some place or uh, this, they have been abused. So I said, this is my place. I can do something. So I, uh, I went there and I did all this uh, so the malnutrition children, I said, this they have to eat because if uh, we cannot find the right food here, at least I have to provide something. So this 27 cow was bought with the help of some friend, of course. And then we used to give them a glass of milk a day, including other food. So when they recover, then we change the, the children. It was going on like that for many years in this camp. And then they created another camp. Uh, in the second camp also, we start with 600 children giving feeding, uh, feeding projects, one food, uh, one meal a day. And then this 600 children was from three to six preschool. So we used to give them food, and we used to give them also uh, some health care. And uh, we used to give them also clothing and all this thing. 
they are still small, still small. And, uh, and now we have 1,500 children wow. from three to six. But they are so, so nice. When you see them, then you think that the world is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, when you see their eyes, sparkling eyes, sparkling smiles, and uh, you just giving them the, the small food, they are so happy and they are so loving. And you said, my God, look at that, how blessed I am to meet them, to have this kind of joy. Then it's going on like that. And then there was uh, many women also, destitute women. We did this, uh, we built 51 houses for them and also for the invalid, people who has invalidity. And then uh, for the women, we bought also a grand meal. They can handle it and from the money comes from there to to help themselves and it, it was just like uh, having a small little salary per month let's say and then uh, we opened like let's say a boutique just to have an idea but it was the room that uh, we bought the uh, wedding clothes national and international so they can uh, rent it from the rent they can have some money and it was income generator uh, thing and, uh, and then for the elderly people also we give them food we have 250 we take care of them uh, we give them food clothing and you know when you become elder you need little thing to eat but you you need more love more care so that was given to them, that someone was uh, washing the clothes, someone was taking care, we pay for someone to take care of them. And, uh, and for me, they was uh, representing my father and my mother. So I used to love them a lot. I still, I love them. And, you know, it's many years that I didn't go back to my house, but with them, I feel that I'm back home because uh, they are so warm and so much love giving. And the way they talk, in the same way that my father, he used to talk, or my mother, she used to talk. Hmm. So they make me feel at home. That was uh, a big blessing by God also. Then after that, uh, I start also, somebody told me that uh, in Egypt, in Sinai, in the north of Egypt, it's happening that they are uh, kidnapping the people from Sudan to Sinai, and they are torturing the people, killing and selling organ on all this trafficking organ and all that. So I say, no, I have to go there. So basically, let's start a little bit more with this uh, story because you you told me um, once about that. Because so many, I mean, when you told me that, really, like maybe you can see it in a movie. I mean, definitely, they they <laughs> they it's it's like beyond our expectations. And basically, one day you actually receive a call 
right? Yes, so yes, they yes. Were, They've been asking you for money. Uh, help. To... No, no, they help. They help. No, they ask, you know, uh, in, the, in the room that was written my number and my name where they were staying right. yeah okay and then they said if you need it was written if you need any help you just call this number dr alganish so one day i received one call and he said uh, i'm here they kidnapped me from sudan and they sold me to different smuggler i said how come and then he he explained to me how it happened he said He's, he escaped from Eritrea, he went to Sudan, and in Sudan he met the smuggler, and this smuggler, he said, if you pay me, I will take you to Israel, so you can find a job. So this, this boy, he believed it, so he said, okay, then this Sudanese smuggler, Rashida, they call it Rashida, he took him and he sell him to the smuggler, Egyptian. Bedouin. Mm-hmm. So from that, he was sold to five people from different smugglers. So the money, the payment was increasing. So at the end, he, he has no money to, to pay. And he called me. And I say, okay, what do you want now? If you pay $3,000, that, that, that time it was not much, $3,000. When, when was that time? Because it was not so long ago, right? Well, it was, it was already past uh, five, six years. Yeah. But it's almost nothing because the story sounds like uh, 50 years ago somehow. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's right, really it, it, close to our time. It is nowadays. It, it is happening. Exactly. We are happening 2001. Now. It's happening now also. Sorry to interrupt you. But it's happening now in Libya. Okay. In Libya, they kidnapped the people. They smuggled and they said, if you don't pay the ransom, then we will kill you. And they do it. They don't give them food. They die. Most of them, they have tuberculosis due to the uh, dirty place because they don't have water. They don't have food, no? Still is happening. The same thing it was happening in, in Sinai. When, when, we, when we saved many people from Sinai, from the hand of the smugglers, and uh, I thought, thank God is everything is finished. But it's not But finished. It's not. it's not finished. Because the same thing, the same way of torturing the people taking the plastic bag or bottle plastic bottle and lighting it and pouring in the skin of the people or uh, raping 10 people one girl or uh, chain put the chain and tied them up uh, with the leg on the seal and then with the head down and then they put also there the plastic burn and the drop on the skin, okay? And this also, they take their finger one by one. And then when this moment they are there, when they cry, asking you, please help me, help me. When they are crying, where they are, uh, it is due to the pain. You cannot say, I cannot help you. 
No. So, so what you did, and I want to interrupt you one second, please. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to really go until the end of this story because this is one of one of one of the many stories that you share with me. That um, for the ones that they don't see you, you, you know, like before, um, a very good friend of us introduced each to each other, and I want to thank mm-hmm. him for that. And before mm-hmm. I met you, he's he told me all these stories how powerful you are that you are traveling to all these countries that it's some of them they are very dangerous to 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 travel and you don't stop and you go to save all these people and I was like imagine really like someone that was really it's a tall and strong and when I met you for lunch (laughs) you are like a little tiny skinny person but with so much power inside that Thank even you. the waiter, even the waiter who was serving <laughs> felt that powerful thing that I have to say he was very intimidating by you. And I was like, why you have this powerful thing? And um, I, I want to take a break to mention that because you are unstoppable. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Alga. So Thank let's, you. let's, I want to really hear this story. And I know maybe some parts you don't want to share because you have your people who they can support and help you into all these stories that maybe you don't okay. want to share, obviously. Yeah. But what happened? So basically, he called you to ask for help. And yeah. then what you did, because this is like, normally I would <laughs> say, okay, I just uh, sent some money or whatever. No. You actually went there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so tell us I, this, I, this story. This is really. You know, uh, we we liberate ten thousand people from the Egyptian local prison without paying any ransom. For what time the, frame? These ten thousand people. Oh, ten thousand people. It was in uh, three years' time. Crazy. Okay. So how you how you did that? Well, it is. <laughs> you know, first, first you have to have uh, a country who will accept them. So you have to search for a country. So I ask many European countries, they say no. So I ask some African countries, they say no. One African country who say, yes, we will accept them. It was Ethiopia. Wow. So I went there. It was the... To the foreign minister in Ethiopia and ask, please, if you want to save my life, save my people. They are dying. So he said, okay, take it. So when I had this permission, I went back to Egypt. In Egypt, I have to ask the permission to the immigration office of Egyptian. There's all the paper, bureaucratic thing. So when these two big Ethiopia and Egypt, they accept me. Then I was, I was flying. I was so happy. I can so imagine. I went to the prison, and then the police they was looking me at and say, "What are you doing here?" They said, "I have the permission to <laughs> help them to go." They could not believe because, as you said before, because everybody think that I am a huge, a very strong yes. lady and whatever. <laughs> But when they see that I'm teeny or that, they said, ah, oh, she can manage that. <laughs> so they, I became friend with them also. They respect me. They, they give me all, go ahead, the green light. So I took medicine. I take care of them. Then I, 
I buy the ticket. I prepare all the bureaucratic uh, laissez-passer, all the thing. Then I take them to the airport and take them to Ethiopia. But the hardest thing was the second part, the one who was in the hand of the smuggler. Yeah. The one who was in the hand of the smuggler, uh, one day one of these boys, he told me, you know, every Friday there is one person called uh, Sheikh Mohammed. He's preaching every Friday to the people of the village saying, stop killing our brother African. Because there was his, uh, his compatriot who was killing and raping and uh, selling the people. So I said, I have to meet this person. And I said, how do you want to meet? I will go there. <laughs> so, so I took a car, uh, Reda, so Reda was named the driver for one. And then he took me at the end of, it was uh, two kilometers far from Israel. We reached there. Then I asked if I can speak to him. So all his brothers uh, was full of army. They say, no, you cannot speak to him. I have to speak to him. No. You know, you have a trouser. We are wearing a trouser and T-shirt. No, it's not allowed. So I say, what do I have to do? So you have to put to wear a burqa, black one, gloves and socks, black one. And then you come back. So I went to buy this thing. I wear it. It was very hot when I got it. I still remember. So I, I went and between he and me, he put his brother. So I was asking something. I said, can you help me? And his brother was translating, not translating, tell him because then he said, no, it's not nice. Okay, but we, <laughs> but we have to say. But they could life. they could kill you. They could torture yeah. you. They could. Yeah. I mean, you were there in a full danger. It's not yeah. like oh, no. he was a little bit unpolite. He said no. He's not helping me. <laughs> they no. could do everything to you. But I, you know, when you are there, you have to save the human life. I never had. I would never. I was never afraid. Never and ever. So. I asked three times, he said, no, no, because she might be a spy. And I said, I'm not a spy. Believe me, I'm not a spy. I was trying to convince him that I'm not a spy. Then at the end, he said, no, it's finished. He can go. Then I say, I go, I go. Then he, he sent his brother, he said, you cannot go. Then I said, uh-uh, maybe he is also a smuggler. <laughs> Why he stopped me now? So he said, uh, tell her to go to sleep to my mother because his mother was living in a different house. So she slept there and tomorrow morning I will talk to her. Yeah, that's a good sign. Then I said, yeah, yeah, okay. I said, ah, <laughs> some doors is opening. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I stay all the night with his mother and uh, sisters 
and asking me 2,000 questions, how do you live? Why did you come here? It's dangerous. They can kidnap you and all that. I said, no, they will not kidnap me. Don't worry, no worry. <laughs> and then they was shocked of, about that. They see, they see a woman alone coming to a desert uh, close to Israel also. And all the night until five o'clock in the morning, they was shooting like hell, one to each other. No, we could not even sleep. At 5.30, he sent his brother to call me. Wear your burka alga and go. <laughs> dress well. <laughs> like, you know, like you go to the party, you dress properly, <laughs> dress well. Then I went and the same, his brother in the middle, and he said, how do you want to help them? He, he doesn't look at me, eh? he look at the other side. And I said, I think that uh, you have to help me. I don't know how, but you have to ask these people of, of your if they see or if they have someone with them. You say, what you are asking me is very dangerous. These people, some of them, they are very cruel. I said, that, that's what I am asking. Otherwise, how we can liberate them? Because for me, they call me every day asking help but I will never pay a, a cents for a smugglers. I will never do it. Oh, minimum I can give my life, but not money. So he said, okay, but I don't know how to do it. I said, okay, I will go to, back to Cairo. It was 350 far from Cairo. 350 kilometers. Kilometer, yes. Mm -hmm. So I said, I go back to Cairo and then you think and let me know. And he said, okay. So before I reached Cairo, he called me back. He said, in the middle of the street, uh, I arrived at Arish, is a place before a lot from Cairo. So I went back. I said, you know, because I need him. So I said, it's, it's okay, let's go back. We went back. I said, okay. And he said, and if I help you, what you will do with these people? That's my problem. I will do something for them. I will take them with me. Don't worry. Because he said, I have to protect them also. Okay. We will protect them together. Oh, that's beautiful. So the first thing you have to do, ask these people if they know. And then he said, okay, you stay here with my mother one or two nights, and then I will ask. I stayed with his mother, and he went to ask to the people. Actually, there was smuggler. They was hiding the people, you know, uh, underground or chained somewhere, or they, they make a houses, uh, uh, little uh, hut far from their houses. And all the things changed, the people, and uh, with two guards. And he went to one, he asked him, have you ever seen passing by here some African by chance? And they said, no, no, we didn't see. And then he said, if you see them, because Sheikh Mohammed, he was also very respectable person in, the, in, his, in his country. Everybody respect him. But what do you think it was the reason that he changed his mind and he wanted to help you? Did you ever ask him? 
I will tell you that, you know, how, okay. how, he, how he called me now. He called me, you are my mother. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> he said, you are my second mother. Even now we are in touch. And he said, you are my mother. Because he is very young also. But did you now, ask him? You asked him, like, why do why you help me now? No, he, he said that we have the same heart. That is what he said. And then we used to pray together in the desert. Can you imagine? No. From distance, he was keeping me so distant from him. At the end, he called many elderly people from the village that he introduced the, to them. Mm -hmm. This is my mother, he said. And I was ashamed, really. And then, uh, because all of them, they look at me, they never sit with the women. And I was sitting with them drinking tea. Wow. And then we said, okay, one day I told him, okay, if you go for uh, namaz for pray, I come with you. And they, everybody looked at me and they keep distance while they was praying. And I pray with them. I say, God is one. So I pray with you. <laughs> so I say, so, okay. So beautiful. <laughs> So that uh, that was Sheikh Mohammed that uh, and his family. Uh, really, uh, I'm thankful to him that uh, I have been not killed, and yeah. uh, they have been beating me. Okay, but this is nothing compared. No, to what wait, wait, been. wait. What do you mean they have been? I know that once they even uh, broke your ribs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six ribs and my arm was broken and all this thing. But this was uh, when I met, I didn't met Sheikh Mohammed, but before, before him, because I just go like that to search. So they were they basically met, his people that they well, were. Yes. No, no, I think there was not this people, because if there was that people, the smuggler, they have been captured me and uh, asking for ransom. But these people seeing a woman like that in a desert is very difficult to see a woman. Oh, there is no tourist. There is nothing. So to see a woman with a trouser and t-shirt going round, and I used to eat, you know, this uh, small uh, cafe where there are only men, and even my driver he doesn't want to sit near me. So. I was the only one, and the people they used to, they used to look at me, saying, "Is it a woman or a man? What is that? <laughs> is it a person or an animal? What is that?" <laughs> wow! So, well, so tell I me the said, story. Tell me the story until the end, because you yeah, what was yeah. happened with Sheikh Mohammed? Um, yeah. Yes. The, with Sheikh Mohammed, then he. This one, the one he met first, he told him in the night, he went to him and he said, oh, Sheikh Mohammed, I saw three African going around there and uh, I just kept them in my house to help them, which was not true because he was afraid of Sheikh Mohammed. So he brought three and this three, my God, if you see them, you, you cry, really. There was all beaten and all burned in the back. And very skinny because they didn't give them Very food. skinny, no food, no food, no food. No water, no food. 
So, Sheikh uh, Mohammed, uh, he said thank you. So he called me because he could not speak the language also. So I asked him, how long have you been there with these people? Three months. Three months. Wow. So they don't. They give us every two days water and food with one bread, if we are lucky. And then we are beaten every day, every day. If we don't say, for example, they beat us and they give us a mobile that we have to talk to our family in the same time when they are beating us. And our family here that we are crying, we are shouting because they pour the plastic bag in our in our head or back. So when I when we are done, we, we ask help me, please. They are killing me, please. And the family maybe they don't have money or they go around. They said, okay, just give me one week and I will see if I can send you some money. And these people. They have a person who received the money abroad. It can be in Saudi, it can be in Europe, it can be in America, wherever. You have to, you can send the money. So until the first money it arrived, they don't beat them, they wait. But if it doesn't arrive, then the rapement is go on. And then beating is go on. Everything. So uh, when they said that they have been with this Abdullah, the name was Abdullah, then we kept them in a hidden way because they knew Abdullah, he knew that they will tell us the story. So uh, we keep them in a hidden place. Uh, Sheikh Mohammed has uh, some hidden place. We keep them there. Uh, I take care of the wound party and we buy some clothes, food, and we keep them at least for 10 days there. And there was another person in uh, Cairo. She was the responsible of UNCR, Elizabeth Tan, which she was, for me, she was the second angel after Sheikh Mohammed. And when she knew about uh, the situation in Sinai, she said, I will help you. So I asked her to give me, you know, to go from the place of Sheikh Mohammed to Cairo, there is a police control twice, thrice. So if you don't show any document, you cannot pass. So she used to give me the document, UNCR, United Nations for the Fiji. Uh, card so they could I hire a minibus and then I take them to Cairo and Cairo then I hand over to UNCR UNCR she take care and uh, doing that with Sheikh Mohammed we could free almost 750 people 750 people that they had similar treatment like the ones that you mentioned oh, the, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. it's horrible horrible if you see them there was one boy that one night uh, we went with Sheikh Mohammed and sometimes I go with him to free the people you know to rescue you just go with yeah. them yeah 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 they call me and they, I ask them where are you and they I said if you by chance going to 
outside to the bathroom, they see something or a group of camel or tree of uh, of date or house different color. So it give me any hint, then I can come and tell me also at what time there is the shift of the new uh, guard. So when we make all this agreement, they say uh, the house close by is a pink house. So we located with Sheikh Mohammed this pink house. And then daytime, we find it. And then in the nighttime, because they said about two o'clock in the morning, the shift, there is a shift. So two o'clock, we go with Sheikh Mohammed with the pickup, five meters far from the house because there is a law between the Bedouin that five meters far from your house is not your land. It is the land of everyone. So we, we stop the car there and then we wait the change of the guard and then we go for the rescue. Because when they come to, the, they change the guard, they start drinking, smoking, and they make all the Raping. Horrible, yeah, the horrible thing. Raping, beating, uh, just asking to the, to the people uh, to be together, to do something, rape the girls who is there, even to the prisoner. Yeah, they do the horrible thing. Uh, so what we do is that when they sleep, when they are finished, of uh, beating, of raping, and of drinking, they sleep. So uh, me and Sheikh Mohammed and his brother, we go inside slowly, inside the underground. And then we take the chain first, and then we take on our back the people. So we run. Because they are so skinny. They are so... Oh, so much. So, so much. You, no. you, you, you carry one of one of the person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of like, this person. How, yeah. how tall you are, Alga? I, uh, I'm not so tall. I'm 165, I think. <laughs> yeah, I just want... <laughs> you're very skinny. Like, just that people can imagine. <laughs> you know. Wow. So, uh, I'm not tall. But he was... Uh, 16 years old, and he was very skinny. And the other one was 13, but so more skinny than him. So they are kids. Yeah, 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 underage, all of them underage. So I took it on my lap like that, and the chain, the chain was heavier than him. So we went in the pickup of Sheikh Mohammed, and we went to the place where we hide them. And this boy, when I took him to to Cairo after one week, he showed me his arm. He lifting his arm up. He said, "Look, look, Mama." He called me Mama. Look, all this. It's it is like so skin now, but tomorrow it will be very strong, and I will save a lot of people because I don't want the others pass through the hell that I have been passing. And this boy is uh, in France now. Really? Yeah, he's in France. And 
and he helped a lot. But then we brought his family also from Sudan to him. But he helped a lot of people, and he's, he's, he tell, tell me every time that he called me, uh, look, he sent a photo and say, look, I'm strong now. If you want me, we can go together to Sinai. I say no, and we can go to Libya. No, <laughs> because whenever I go to that place, I prefer to go alone to, uh, because I can sacrifice my life, but not the other life of the people. But no way. So he's uh, is very strong. But from where you take all this power, Alga? I. And this is um, a mysterious thing, because how do you take your power? This is given by God, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't I hear believe. so many people doing what you're doing. So no. <laughs> I, I believe, I believe that uh, if if there is the love in your heart, I mean, uh, this is one of the biggest power that it, it pushes you to do something for others. You know, I'm, I'm not a hero, I'm nothing, but, but I think I have love. There was once, 2000 years ago, he said, love the, your neighbor like yourself. It was Christ. So maybe I love myself so much that I have to love the others. So you think the love is actually at the end, the power that you get? Because love is God at the end. At the end, God is love. It's only love. When they say God will punish you all this, it's not God who punishes human being who punishes the other human being. God is only love. It's the incarnation of love. What are you afraid of? What are your fears? Oh, until now I don't have any fear. My fear, it can be to hear people suffering. Yes, that yes. When I heard now that they rape or they use violence for women and for the poor, uh, this I'm afraid. I'm afraid also of the indifference of the people. People who said, I don't care because they want to eat, no? That, I'm afraid of that. Because if you don't have compassion, if you don't have love, then no use to live. I believe then, so then, much. I believe so yeah. much in this. And em empathy, it's basically the solution. If we could really have, right? If we can have... I have this. Uh, I had this discussion a few times with some other guests that um, are very much aligned, and I believe so much into that. Um, I want to ask you because it's one story that we didn't finish about the boys that you met at the beginning of this journey that you took, and mm. um, with the with the old the oldest boy that he was 13 years old and he basically decides to work and that the other yeah. ones are going to the school it's a story yeah. that actually is continue and you keep the contact with them can you tell me what happened after that yeah so then you, made, after, you, you yeah. spoke with the priest basically and asked yeah. the priest yeah. basically to to take over to yeah. you basically you were <laughs> yeah no no the priest they they did what we asked them to do. Uh, but 
at the end, what happened at the end of the story is he finished the school, he studied, he found a job. He makes study the others. The one who said that I will become an engineering, he became an engineer. The one he said I will become a dentist, he will become a dentist. Uh, the other one he said I will become an electrician, and he became. So the best out of this story is that uh, they are doing, they are helping the children of the street. They are living all as a family. Uh, the elder one, he is married, he has four kids or five. The others, they are married also. Only the last one, he is not married. But uh, what they do is they go around and who has no shelter, who has no family, they just keep them with them. So they are doing, they said to me last time, we don't want to see some others suffer like we did. So this is love, nothing the love, because they don't gain nothing from that. But their heart... Con- Sorry. No, no it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I just want to say that you continuously kind of helping them indirectly and supporting and make sure that they are good even after so many years. Yeah. Yes, yes. We have good contact and... Uh, and it actually also they call me mama and and, and mm-hmm. I'm an I, I'm a mother of uh, many so children many. <laughs> so so it's okay they are all right and uh, the communication is going on and I'm I'm happy also they are doing uh, this great help to the other children and that's very good. It's uh, one of the biggest gifts that I receive is that. What was for you the toughest moment during all this journey? I mean, I'm sure that there were so many moments, but what was for you the the most difficult one that you, I don't know if you thought that you will not make it, but what was what was the most toughest one for you? But uh, the most toughest, I must say, when I went to meet Sheikh Mohammed and he said, no, that was the, but uh, otherwise, even when I went to to Libya, this uh, five guys, they beat me and uh, they pulled my arm and my arm was uh, coming out and I didn't have any, I was not afraid, not even thought that I am there and I cannot help the people. No. I just, with all this, with my arm out and with the pain, I didn't felt the pain also, actually. I felt it in the night. I felt it in the night because I saw that one part of me was longer than the other. And I say, what is happening? Oh, <laughs> so, my God. <laughs> And I know that you actually have been in jail as well. Yes. Yeah, really, yes. really, they, they really treat you really bad. And you've been yes. for how, yes. many, how many hours? One, the first one was... Uh, what do you mean the first one? How many times you've been to jail? Twice, twice. They twice. Did it. twice. Yeah, wow. The first one was short. It was 12 hours. The other one was... Uh, for 48 hour the second one 48 and tell 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 me a little bit more like 
I, I remember that you mentioned that you've been hanged. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could not with your move. Hands yeah, for yeah, 48 hours. Yes, yes, yes. And then I could not sit. I could not have water. Uh, my my leg was all swollen and terribly pain. But then I said, uh, Alga, put yourself into meditation. Otherwise, you cannot bear it. So I I, I went to into meditation. The first time it was a horrible thing that. In the night, I was with one my friend in the hotel, and then uh, suddenly, 11 o'clock in the night, they knock at the door, and I opened, and they said, the police, the head of the police, they are looking for you. You know, I had uh, the hidden camera. Normally, when I go to this place, uh, I put this pen on my pocket and then it can film and all this thing. Otherwise, they don't, they don't let me go in with a camera. So I said, now if they find this, this pen with the camera, it will be hell. So we, go, we went down uh, the stairs and the police was waiting downstairs. I said, okay, I have to put right my shoes and then I took this camera, this pen, and I put it in a flower vase. I just put it there and I say, okay, let's go. We went and then the the police, he was searching. Searching. No, he was there sitting, waiting, and he said, Why do you come here? I say, because they told me they are African, they are in a prison. I just come here to help. They are not African here. No, but they are. And then he, he was speaking in English. I, I prefer to speak in English. So when they speak, I speak Arab. When they speak in Arab, I can understand them what they want. So he was telling to, to the others, go and search what she have in her uh, luggage. And I think they send him in the hotel and then they put my room upside and down and then he was saying, uh, you must be a spy, you must be like that. And I said, no, I am not. Uh, he was insisting. And he was also a little bit arrogant person uh, because he was saying some stupid thing about uh, me and my friend to the other police. No, uh, Okay, let them... Uh, uh, make them afraid, let them treat them like that. And he took took us for four, four hours or something like that, or five hours sitting there. Um, at the end, he said, okay, you go to the hotel, you pack your thing, and you go back to Cairo and never come again. I said, okay. Then I went to pack my thing and to collect my pen. <laughs> my camera pen. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have uh, four cars, four cars that was following yes. us. Four wow. police, full of... You, so they really, they really see you like a very dangerous person, definitely, uh, with four cars uh, of police. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there was, no, there was nothing to be done at that time. I don't know. Then after three weeks, I came back to the same place. <laughs> then, <laughs> three weeks. Just three weeks was. <laughs> That's the time to come back to Italy and go back again. 
But I never told all the story to my daughter because otherwise she would. Uh, so uh, I went back and the police, he called me again. He said, why do you come? I told you to don't come. I said, ah, you told me last time, but this time also they called me, I come. <laughs> they called me from the prison. And he said, this is a joke. And I said, okay. So the general, you know, General Hammer, he, he gave me the permission to come. And he said, call the general. And the general, he said, yes, I give her the permission because she is helping her people. Uh, then uh, kept quiet, you know. <laughs> but uh, he, he gave me hell. That 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 one only he gave me hell. The others they were so nice. Yeah. And I know that you have you know so many people in all these countries that they are helping and supporting and even calling you to just speak yeah. with you and to just ask you for advices. Like you are really like a mother of all these people, but as well they help too. I remember that we were together and you start to speak with the different um, important people in politics. And you said, okay, uh, yeah. you know, I really need to, to, to take care of them. They call yeah. you at two in the morning, no matter what, your phone is open the whole yeah. time. Yeah. This is, this is uh, the two phones, they are always open. Like my door is open to everyone, <laughs> you know, uh, because uh, we have uh, close contact in uh, different parts of Africa, like Ivory Coast, uh, Benin, Togo, Cameroon, all that. And apart of that helping people, helping the women in uh, Côte d'Ivoire, uh, we, we have made a big plan of uh, agricultural for the women, destitute women. So there was 55, now there are 271. So uh, we have a school also in Benin, orphan for 150 children, orphan, uh, that we collect them from the street. And then uh, in uh, Togo, now we are building a school for uh, orphan children, normally. Normally, I like to take care about the children and women and elderly people that are who, the most vulnerable people. Who is we? You said we. Who is we? We have, uh, uh, I said we because everybody is including. You know, everyone who speaks about the vulnerability of the human being is we, is me, is you. We are all one family. I believe that because I believe that uh, there was one uh, woman, her name is Gauri. And when I said we, and she said, Alga, you are the only one traveling all, all over, but why you say always we? I said, even if you're talking with me like that, you, you are part of me. <laughs> and it's so true. It's so true. So it's just like that. We, I said normally I don't say I, we, 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 because now you and me, we are speaking, we are sharing the same problem of humanity. And I really hope that this we 
will become bigger and bigger. And I actually take this opportunity now to really um, ask you, I know that there are many, many activities that you are doing. And uh, I will really make sure that I am connecting um, to, um, to the podcast and to the social media, the link of your website, where everyone, if they want to really contribute to all these activities, I invite everyone. Because as more we are, and at the end of the day, everyone can do a little bit. You don't have to do a lot. But we, yeah. if we all do a little bit every day, we can really make a change in this life. And I really... Ask everyone in, um, that they are listening or they are seeing this from deep in my heart to really take a few seconds to follow a link and to donate some money for these people that they don't have anything. They try to save their lives and some of them, they try to see an escape going on a plastic boat now, especially during the, these months, on a boat that normally they are allowed only 20 people, but they have 100 people on that boat and they are going on the sea with the hope that they will find their freedom or with the hope that maybe they will save their kids, like could be pregnant woman, that they hope that their kid will find freedom. Basic stuff that most of us, we don't think about. And most of them, they don't make it because obviously the boat and the sea, it's not the boat that can hold only 20 people, not 100. And the sea during all this trip, it's not possible. So one of the solution, um, it's actually you are now, we, we are raising money because it's we, the one that they are listening now as well. We are raising money. Um, part of it already are made because um, this we part already contribute um, and they already have a boat. But I let you, Alga, to continue and to mention um, how can we help and support into this specific um, part to save people's lives. Okay, thank you. First of all, contribute with your love which is if you love then you will understand what is the problem that uh, we are uh, a group of people that uh, uh, journalists lawyer uh, civil society ngo when we saw uh, all this boat sinking many people dying uh, and almost that Mediterranean Sea is becoming a cemetery of all the people, children, women, pregnant women, underage children. So we said we have to try to help. We cannot stop it because uh, all other all together, the human being will say stop it because these people they are escaping from uh, ecological problem because there is a desertification, or it is a political reason, or a discrimination. So these people, they have the reason to escape. They are not escaping just uh, for the sake to see Europe or to see a different life. 
but they are searching a different life to survive. They are asking, help me to live. You have to see once uh, that when they arrive at the port, they have the biggest smile. Because they said, thank you. This smile, it means thank you. Or it means I love you, that you saved my life. No? So uh, we have to be together to help these people to save. So we said, why we don't put one boat on the sea? So this was the first time. So uh, we collect some money to buy it. And impressive, but, impressive money in a very short time. And I want yeah. to congratulate you for that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. So this, uh, the boat will be named Rescue. So Rescue is in Italy. Rescue is in America. So there is the diaspora, Eritrean diaspora, who are working day and night for that. And there are friends, Italian brothers, and they are working day and night for that, to save human life. So all together we have to save because they are part and parcel of us, of we. We exactly. are we. Yeah. We are not a separate body. Whatever we may say, we may try to justify it, but at the end, where we will go is the same place. At the beginning, where we come from is the same place. So we are the same. So I really make sure that um, I will link. It's a very simple link. You just push donate. And I really wish everyone, please just, of course, the love is very important as yeah. Aida said, but please take this time as well and just donate and let's make this we bigger and bigger. And really it's up to you, the one that they are listening now to really make a change. And I really ask everyone from the bottom of my heart to really contribute and make a change into that and save the people lives because you know, we are having so many problems, but all the time when I'm speaking with you or when I see what you are doing, I realize that my problems are so tiny compared with what really happened in this, in this world where people are trying to save their lives or find uh, and change the life of their kids or having a little bit of water or food. Um, I want to share one little story that really changed my life after our discussion, if, I, if you allow me to do that. Um, I'm sure that many of us, we are traveling in Italy and um, we have these uh, um, occasions when we see different African people that they are really asking for help or asking for money or buying a bracelet or um, um, buying a book. And um, I had this, uh, before I, I met you, Alga, I had a few opportunities when I was, I felt a little bit like, um, I felt that they were a little bit aggressive to me and I didn't know why. So I kind of tried to create a space. After you told me actually the story of these people, how they tried to find again um, a meaning in life in a country, how you are helping them coming in Italy, how you support with different um, um, institutions like uh, churches, mm -hmm. right? 
Yes. They can learn. I mean, I want to hear more uh, exactly what is happening, but um, I just want quickly to mention my personal story because I'm sure that there are so many in, into this. And after I heard all this story that you told me, how these people are trying to make to survive and they do their best, all uh, my view, point of view completely change. And after that, I sit it with them and I start to speak with them. And I realized that actually it's me that I create this. And I'm ashamed and I'm sorry for that. But um, I wanted to mention that. And um, because as much as I try to really be human and empathizing, actually I do mistakes as well. And I want to ask you, Alga, to tell, to tell us... Um, the story of these people, how they are really trying to make their life um, in Italy um, with your help. So, uh, thank you, Kari. Uh, you know, um, four years back, I met Caritas. It was many years that I was asking uh, why we don't try the legal way to bring the people in Italy and Europe because, I mean, it's just uh, inhuman to see people suffering like that. Right. So uh, one day the Caritas said, okay, we will start this humanitarian corridor. I said, this is my place. So I jumped in the project. So we brought almost 600 people. The 600 people... They came in a legal way with all their paper and everything. We brought them in Italy and also all the church who they support a lot uh, because they gave them house, they gave them food for one year, they gave them uh, schooling, health care for one year. That was the agreement. After that, they have to be trained to find a job. But this was not possible. So some of them, they went to Germany, to France. Uh, some of, most of them also, all, all of them, they are vulnerable because we take vulnerable people. I has, wanted to ask who are those people because I think it's very important to mention who are those people that, that they this, arrive to all these countries. These people, they are all refugee. They was living in a refugee camp. They have been living, oh, they, they escaped, the one we were talking about, they escaped, they, we brought them from Sinai or they escaped from Eritrea or they escaped from South Sudan. From They escaped from a dangerous situation. So, there was as a refugee in a refugee camp for so some of them to save their lives. Yeah, they tried to survive. All, all the problem is saving life. Mm -hmm. They have to survive. Some of them they have been staying in the refugee camp for 15 years, 10 years, mother with child. Some people sick with the cancer, they have been living there. Some women with the cancer on the breast, they have been living there without any help. So, oh, some who is, uh, let's say, handicapped people, they was living there because they have no help. So these are the people 
that we select. They are vulnerable people. They are, uh, Ethiopia has more than 100,000 refugees. But among that, there are the most vulnerable, the vulnerable one and the other one. So we choose this and we take them. Choose is not the right word, but we take these people who need immediately help, hospitalize and all this thing. So when they come here, the mother with child, it will be uh, to integrate. It will be a little bit difficult because the language, you already don't have property of language and uh, you cannot find a job and all that. And then we have, we try to, to settle the, some place, uh, we hire some place or uh, because after one year or one year and a half or maximum two years, they have to leave the first place that they was given because the church, they said, we have to turn over to somebody else. So basically they have one year when they have to learn the language. They have the language, psychological um, support because they yeah, have a lot of traumas. A they, lot, a lot. But you, don't, you, you, you teach me that psychological problem in one year it cannot be solved it cannot you know, be solved it cannot be solved even uh, there was one girl that she has been raped and raped so many times in Sinai now she's in Canada uh, since uh, six six years and she called me to tell me Alga the most the monster is coming back you what know? do you mean the most is coming back because the torture the rapement oh, that she had, yeah, it's coming back. It was hidden, but now every night I'm afraid. If they knock at the door, I'm afraid. If somebody calls me, I'm afraid, you know, this kind of thing. So even one year is not enough of psychological support, yes. you know, because whatever you have passed, uh, you can be okay for a few, you can, it is it's an illusion, not, you see the light, you see a beautiful house, you are not in a heat, you are not in a refugee camp, uh, you have to eat properly, you have food properly, you have television, all this thing. Then uh, it's, uh, you are, let's say, you have this illusion and you are happy for a while. Then when you are satisfied of all of that, then the monster come out, the fear come out, the ghost come out, even if you are far. This is, I mean, uh, it is a horrible thing, but uh, it happened, it happened, it happened after so many years. What can we do, we, what can we do into this project? How can we help? Besides really understanding that all these people that we see them, they are kind people, that they are really trying to save their lives. They are fighters, that they have a limited time to really learn and pass all these difficulties and really make their life to, to be a little bit better. How can we support them here I mean, in, in this? In this project of rescue, what I said is, please donate, donate and donate, because donate with love, okay? Donate to save your brother. As we said before, we are all brothers. Try to understand that these people, 
they are not uh, they are not escaping for fancy or they are not escaping because they want to see europe or this thing or they are not a tourist they are vulnerable people they are people they have been suffering in silence due to the cause another time we will analyze this why no yeah each of them they have their their heavy the reason story. And this this story it has to be part of our story also. We cannot neglect it. I tell you one story. For example, when I go to Africa, uh, doing all this project, wherever I go, I teach also yoga. Okay, because I think that yoga it means union also. Okay. As a spontaneous yoga, it means sahaja yoga. In Sanskrit, it means union. So for me, it's very important that uh, when we learn, all of us, that we are united, we are one, then the world will change. Doesn't matter who has much or has less or has whatever, but we are one. We have been created in the same way, and we will die in the same way. I want to thank you so much, well, Olga, well, for sharing and for taking this time for, for us and sharing these stories. And I really hope that uh, everyone who they've been listening this uh, your story and it's just a little, a little bit a part of it, and I will anyway make sure to really um, speak more about you besides your your whole work, um, the the whole prizes that you receive for peace and recognized for so many um, countries, um, and that you, I'm sure that in a way for you it's more important to save lives than the, those prizes because I know how how humble you are as a person, but. Um, I want to thank you so much for that. And before we finish this, um, I want to ask you one more question. What, what was your biggest learning out of all this journey? Oh, well, I don't want to repeat myself, but the love I get, uh, the, uh, the love I receive, you know, uh, in all this work, they taught me so many things and they gave me so much love. You know, it, it, it seems so uh, simple. Uh, when, when you have many people that they, they love you, they like you, not because you saved them, but really with heart. You know? This is for me is the biggest price. Is the biggest prize, and I said, "Thank God that I have so much love, because this love it nourishes me a lot." And I hope also that I can share all this love with others. Thank you so much, Olga, for everything that you are doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you to you. Thank you to you also, Krina. 
and I, I am so happy to to meet you. That was a special day when I met you, and uh, as as uh, you saw and you felt, we felt oneness. We felt oneness, and this is uh, the most beautiful thing in life. You know. Most of the time you said, oh, this is that, uh, you go and bypassing. But with you, it was uh, just as we know each other since long time. This was my feeling. And this was the path of uh, like finding a sister that you don't see uh, since long time. And thank you for everything. You will be always in my life. I hope to be always in your also. Thank you so much, dear Alga, for taking time for me. I wish you all the best for all the projects. I know that you are having so many projects now. You're really busy saving the world. Regarding you, my dear friend, the one that you are listening now, I'm sending you a link where you can just push a button and donate an euro, five euro, ten euro, whatever you think that you have. And let's transform this we. Let's help these people that they are fighting for their lives. Pairing interviews, head it over on Spotify, Google Podcast, iTunes, or wherever you are listening now. I have more surprises coming soon. If you like today's show, please share it with your friends, family, or community. I'm Krina and you've been listening to the podcast How Can I Heal with Krina Okumos.